0: Inside Rehab is filled with disturbing accounts of seriously addicted people getting very limited care at exhaustive costs and with uncertain results. But in my experience, they are accurate accounts. Indeed, my research on addiction treatment programs suggests that this discouraging picture may even underestimate the conceptual and procedural problems in this very distressed but essential treatment system. But how did it get this bad? There has never been a question that alcohol and other drug addictions are immense problems for society. The question instead was always, just what kind of a problem is addiction, and who should manage it? Because the stereotypical drunk or junkie was often seen as violent, a liar, a thief, and in general disruptive of family and social life. Problems that were viewed as moral or lifestyle failings. Addiction was addressed by laws, social sanctions— and moral teachings. But when unparalleled numbers of America's veterans returned from service with drug and alcohol problems after the Vietnam War, it became politically untenable simply to punish these young addicts. In the early 1970s, a national addiction treatment system was called for. Few physicians or nurses knew much about addiction medicine. There was very little to know, Almost no scientific research on the origins of alcohol or other drug addiction was available upon which to develop treatment. Instead, the treatments were derived from the earnest efforts and experiential wisdom of those who had overcome their own addictions and were willing to help others. The Minnesota model of residential care that had grown out of do-it-yourself treatments offered at Hazelden, the name of the farm property on which Hazelden's main campus now stands several decades earlier proliferated at rehabs across the country, and therapeutic communities employing ex-addict counselors grew in number. Perhaps most significant, the addiction treatment system was purposely designed as a segregated system, separated financially through funding largely with government-block grant dollars, not medical insurance, culturally, and often physically from the rest of general health care. The Veterans Administration was an important exception, because its general health care, addiction treatment, and mental health care have long been integrated. That segregated system grew into today's network of over 13,000 addiction programs, still largely isolated from the rest of medicine and health care, still largely financed by separate protected dollars, and still largely distinct in terms of the types of interventions applied— and the professional providers involved. Like other segregated systems, it is loaded with stigma. Few addicted individuals, about 10%, are willing to enter care. Dropout rates are high. And among treatment completers, one-year relapse rates are 40 to 60%. The public deserves more, and our society desperately needs reliably effective care. Addiction has not been the only segregated illness, however. Many conditions, including depression, polio, and tuberculosis, were not recognized as medical illnesses and have only recently been taught in most medical schools and treated by physicians. They were seen as lifestyle problems, and care was typically provided by concerned, committed individuals or institutions not well connected to mainstream health care. Tuberculosis provides an instructive case. While TB had long been considered a serious threat to the health and safety of most societies, science had not developed to the point where it could explain the causes or the course of the illness. Those with consumption were offered with treatments of fresh air, nutritious food, and relaxation in sanitaria under the view that this lifestyle problem would benefit from those healthy conditions. By 1935, there were more than 15,000 sanitaria in the United States. In fact, this type of care, though based on inaccurate conceptions of the disease, often produced recovery, particularly among those who were otherwise healthy and in whom illness was detected early. Thus, it was 17 years before TB was recognized and treated by many traditional physicians and health care facilities as a bacterial disease, and labeled as such in medical textbooks. The parallels with contemporary addiction treatment are hard to ignore. Thanks to four decades of NIH...